Today on episode number 719 of the School of Podcasting, if you've ever thought of starting a podcast for your business, how'd you like to triple your revenue in one year? Well, that's what the guys from Wealth Without Wall Street did. We've got an interview with them. We've got the question of the month. And this whole episode is a because of my podcast story. And podcasting hit a giant milestone. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, welcome aboard. This is where I help you start your podcast, and if you already got a podcast, we're going to help you grow your influence. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. And save on either a monthly or yearly subscription or order the classes a la carte. And as I record this over the weekend, podcasting went over one million active podcasts. And as someone who did start back in 2005 and remember when there were maybe a hundred That's a little mind-boggling. I'm just here to say. And you're probably going, wait, 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 wait. Did you say active? What's an active podcast? Well, this is according to my podcast reviews. You can find that at my podcast reviews. If you want to use that service, schoolofpodcasting.com slash MPR, that's short for my podcast reviews, is my affiliate link. And they define active as any podcast that's published at least one episode in the last 90 days and inactive is any podcast that has not published an episode in that same time. So what does this mean? There's a million podcasts? Does that mean that I'm too late? No, what it means is podcasting is not a fad. I remember when, you know, oh, that rock and roll music's just a fad. And nobody's going to do that. No, that's sticking around. 15 years ago, yeah, actually 16, 2004 is really when it got on uh, on the train and started rolling. Also, apparently podcasting works because why in the world would a million people keep doing it? And also podcasting is continuing to grow. And this is from Daniel J. Lewis. He's the guy behind my podcast reviews. And one of the things is one of the interesting thing is the smallest group are people that started apparently in 2015. I don't know what's going on there, but there's very few shows that started four to five years ago that are still going. There, It's weird because you go from this little itty bit, just this, this very tiny, this little graph piece, and then people over five years is like 100,000. But over 180,000 people, there are podcasts. We're talking episodes here, I guess. And then you'll see where basically the first year – there's a ton. And so it's a really interesting graph. And if you've thought about starting a podcast, if you think you're too late, you're not. There's still a ton of people, millions, that have not even listened to a podcast yet. So if you want to get in the pool, I got my arms wide open. I'm standing in the water. You got your little wing waders on. I'm screaming, jump. I will catch you. And I mean that because I will catch you. So congratulations to us. That sounds weird. We made it to a million. When someone approaches me to be on my show that I've never even sniffed, 
I've never seen. No, they just approach me and go, hey, we want to be on your show. And for the record, that's not how they approach me. I think they had some coaching or not coaching a uh, booking agent. And I was like, look, I don't know these guys. I'm not really a financial show. I am, you know, here to talk about podcasting. And the guys I got to interview are Joey and Russ from Wealth Without Wall Street. And they were, the booking agent was somewhat persistent. And I said, all right, here's the deal. And this is how I handle this situation. I said, I will go ahead and interview them. If you're positive, they're going to bring value to my podcasting audience. But I reserve the right to not publish this in the event they lay an egg. And they were like, we're cool with that. We have been podcasting. We got, we're seeing some great growth with our podcast. And I was like, all right. And the fun thing was this happened right after the whole lockdown. And so if I remember right, I think Russ is in his closet and Joey was actually in his car. Cause you know, when you got youngins running around, you got to kind of find the quietest place you can. And this is a great example of just figuring out who your audience is giving them what they want, building community. It's just a great example of like, yeah, this is how a podcast can boost your company. So here is my conversation with Russ and Joey from wealthwithoutwallstreet.com. It's Joey and Russ. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Dave, thanks for having us, man. We're, we're glad to be here. Hey, we got uh, Joey's in the closet and Russ is in his car. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you guys been podcasting? It has been uh, about two and a half years now. What made you decide, I want to be a podcaster? Well, so this is interesting. We actually had a younger guy in our office that said, man, you guys, you, we need to communicate better with our clients, right? You, you, we're getting to a critical point where there's too many people to meet on a regular enough basis, face-to-face or, you know, because we were, we were just a traditional face-to-face kind of a financial firm. And we started to see, well, we got we to gotta get more time in front of people. We need to educate our people better. We need to have more conversations more often. And we said, well, let's just do a podcast because that gives us the ability to talk to many and have the same conversation over and over. It'd be like, okay, you and I are sitting here having a great conversation, but all the other clients aren't hearing it. So how can we make sure everybody gets the same information? And so we literally had this very, very small view of what a podcast is. To be honest with you, we, we just thought it was a way to talk to a few people. And little did we know, that's not what a podcast is really meant for. And uh, other people started listening. Isn't that amazing, Dave? Isn't that crazy how <laughs> other people start listening? I know, to you're your like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it always goes from, well, nobody's going to listen. And then all of a sudden you go from that kind of worrying to, wait, hold, wait, people are listening. So then, then that sets off a whole other thing. So, yeah. And, yeah. So we, we literally had no real plan other than what we knew who our audience was. Right. So that was very helpful. Right. We knew exactly who they were by name. <laughs> and so we said, okay, these are the people we're talking to. What do they need to hear? What do we need to be talking about? And then about six months in, we started realizing our numbers were going up, number one. And number two, people were raising their hand and saying, hey, I've been listening to this for the last several months. 
how can I do what you're talking about doing? We really didn't even have ads. We didn't have any like calls to action really in our our podcast because that wasn't our intention. And lo and behold, people were like, hey, I need to take action here. I want to do what you're talking about with your clients. How can I do that? And they're from all over the country. And again, that was something we weren't used to either. We were, um, were based out of Birmingham, Alabama, and we had a lot of clients just locally. And so we thought, well, wait, okay, we can still do business over here. I mean, heck, we're in our closet right now doing business. So <laughs> we can do this all over the country. And uh, it was a massive change to our business. When you originally started this, how many people did you think you were talking to? Since you said you kind of knew their names. Oh, maybe maybe 200. Yeah. Literally, that's about how many clients we had at the time. So we were like, and we knew not all of them were listening because not, I mean, right. to be honest, they couldn't even spell podcast some of them because they were <laughs> like, where, where is that on your phone? I don't even know. How do, you, how do you do that? And we weren't much better off. You know, we knew how to find it. So we knew it wasn't a huge audience or a huge group, but then we started to see the downloads go up and we realized, wait a minute, this can't just be our client base. Yeah. This is a much bigger, much bigger thing. What happened to the business? Because now that you had a bigger audience. We went from, like, as Joey said, kind of what we would have considered ourselves more of a, a local regional business where now we're talking to people and they're coming online and they're reaching out to us on, on the internet and they're saying, Hey, I heard your podcast. I've actually gone back and I've listened to every one of them since the very first one. And, and that's fine when you're on you know episode six, but when you start getting on episode 50, 60, and now we're 150 and somebody tells you they've downloaded every podcast you've ever done, it, it tremendously changed the way that we saw our customer and they started coming to us. And so that created new technology. We created, you know, first a Facebook group like everybody else did. I know that's the original idea, but then we created a network that was on a, a, a different platform and now we're over a thousand members in it. So it's, it's been uh, revolutionary to us for sure. What, uh, what platform are you guys using for that? We, uh, we built the community on mighty networks mm-hmm. and uh, we white labeled it so that it's our own app that you can download in the app store so it is built on the Mighty Network template, but it is our own, you know, Wealth Without Wall Street app. You can specifically search for that. And so are you then getting ideas for the podcast from your network? Is that where kind of one of the things that's kind of a, a side effect of that? For us, like our business started to evolve as we were podcasting. I mean, it's funny that we we, we really thought we were having a, a weekly conversation with our client. And then we started interviewing people based upon the questions our clients were asking us. And so then our, our audience continued to grow because the people we were interviewing, which then they would ask us about a different subject matter, which would then lead us to find a guest who, who was a specialist in that area. So it's definitely been kind of the, the, the cart leading the horse, the, the the community leading the podcast, helping us find the guests that we want. And it's just been self-fulfilling. Were there products that you used to offer that you can't do kind of on a global situation or is, does everything kind of transfer over? No, every, everything transferred over. Uh, in fact, it enhanced what we were already doing. Mm. Our clients have, um, started their own kind of banking system, so to speak, through high cash value life insurance. I mean, anywhere in the United States, you can start these, you can get them started. 
and it becomes the warehouse that they then invest in things that they are knowledgeable of that are passive income type of investments that are, uh, you know, quote unquote, off of Wall Street or without Wall Street. Mm. So the thing that has changed, though, is as Russ and I have been in uh, interviewing experts in these passive income sources, because that was the biggest question. Our clients were sitting on all this cash and saying, how can I leverage this into what, what things can I leverage this to? What corner, what sort of passive income ideas are there out there? So we would go on a search and say, well, let's talk to a guy that flips land. Let's talk to um, a guy that's a specialist in building Amazon businesses. Let's talk to um, this person that does these long-term rental properties and, and all these sort of things that would help them to then be able to find ways to create that passive income. And so that's how we really expanded is finding those things to complement what we were already doing. And it just has kind of made the whole thing much, much more profitable for us and for our clients. And then obviously you have your, your services, I'm assuming, obviously that's where, that's what kind of launched this. Have you expanded those into anything like a, a course or a book or an ebook, or is it just primarily consulting? Yeah. So the actual community itself is full of courses that we've been able to then create, many of which are free um, because we, again, we wanted to scale the conversation again, just from a couple hundred clients to now there's over a thousand in the community and there's even more that are listening to the podcast that aren't even in the community yet. We wanted to have a place that they could go and be educated now more than ever. I mean, it's kind of interesting or ironic or whatever you want to call it, that we're having this conversation amidst the Corona scare and people are looking for answers. So we wanted to give them free tools to, to figure out their budget, free tools to uh, understand their cash flow better. Like, okay, how can I get to financial freedom? So we have all these courses in there. And then if you want to dive deeper, there's some paid courses that would go into those specific passive income ideas that be honest with you, you have to pay to get access to and you have to really invest your time and energy to understand them before you'd ever invest a dollar into them. And so, yeah, those, those are things that we've definitely added as a result. So how would you compare your clients say three years ago before the podcast to, to now, like when you get a new client, are you finding first, I guess, did, did they come from your podcast? And if, if they didn't, like, what's the difference between somebody who came from the podcast and somebody who, who did? Well, I would say major differences are they're that much more informed. Like before we would get somebody who would just be referred to us typically and, or maybe hear Joey and I speak at an event. And so they had 20, 30 minutes of insight into what we did. And it sounded really interesting. The name Wealth Without Wall Street, man, that's different. Obviously, that's sort of flying in the face of, uh, of the, you know, the prevailing wind, if you will. So we would get a lot of people who would want to come and, and want to just know more, be interested in what we're talking about, but really have no baseline understanding versus now our, our typical client that comes to us is way more educated. They've been listening to our podcast for like in some in some situations, like I mentioned before, up to 150 episodes, and they've they've heard us talk on you know at, at, at nauseum on different subject matters, and they 
they, they've been gone and taken our recommendation to get into our community and watch some of those free courses that Joey talked about, even have bought some courses. And so when we have a client get on the phone with us now or a potential client on the phone now, that person really is discussing what they want to do versus what is it that you do. It's a totally different process than it was three or four years ago. You're spending time with people that are very knowledgeable, they're educated, and they're empowered, really. I mean, which is so incredible because we want, that's the whole goal of Wealth Without Wall Street is not become a money babysitter like the folks on Wall Street are and have become. We don't do anything. We're, we're the coach, you're the quarterback. So you have to take ownership of your own finances. You take back control, you pick your own path, and we try to help you get there as fast as possible to get to financial freedom. So it's been a game changer for people to have that kind of education before they talk to us. And then, and here's the thing that I would say is also different, is that people are, they have a direction of how they want to apply this knowledge. Before, like I said, three or four years ago, one of the biggest challenges we had was people had all this cash they were sitting on and they were like, well, what, what can I do with it? And they didn't really have any sort of ideas. Well, by kind of bringing all this full circle through podcasting, they've been able to be included in those conversations and say, man, maybe this is the way I should go. And now they have, again, they're, they're just better equipped to make choices uh, for themselves. It sounds like they're a warmer lead because in the past, somebody might go, well, well, what do you mean wealth without Wall Street? And you explain it to them and they go, okay, that's interesting. And then they leave. Now that person, you don't have that person because this person has already heard your podcast. They've already got it. And I always hate to use the word better, but you're, you're getting a warmer lead that's really ready to move now. And correct me if I'm wrong, you're not answering as many of those kind of 101 questions. You're actually now getting into the meat and potatoes sooner. Is that the case? 100%. Yeah, you're, you are having much higher level conversation and you're not having to introduce an idea for the first time. You're literally just helping them to apply it now. Yeah. And that, that has allowed us to scale the business. Before it was me, Russ, and we had one support person, right? And now we have an entire team. We have an entire marketing team. We have um, other advisors that work directly with us that they can have those conversations just as well as we can. And they can help implement these things with uh, folks from the very beginning. We never would have been able to do that without a podcast and being able to educate people ahead of time. So, I mean, just give you any sort of in inclination, our revenue as a company increased 300% just last year. Not a bad problem to have. And we directly tie it to the podcast. So it's, it's been an unbelievable journey for us. Russ had mentioned, you know, people have gone back and listened to back episodes. And I always tell people that is the sign. And that, by the way, that happens all the time. Um, I work at Libsyn and that causes people to freak out because all of a sudden their numbers went from no, not bad to holy cow, I got this huge spike. Well, you just had five people download 150 episodes. And so all of a sudden you got, you know, 750, whatever downloads in one day. You're like, what is going on? How do you guys know your podcast is good? How I know it's good is that twofold. One, 
we're, we're getting plenty of people saying it's good, you know, when they, they rate and review your podcast. And, and I wish I, uh, we were good enough to, to get our audience and ask them on a regular basis to rate and review to help grow uh, our rating system, even though I've heard on your show that that, that, not, that doesn't necessarily translate to higher uh, visibility. But we don't do that. And so we do get a lot of responses that we read. But another way that I know it's good is the comments, the negative comments on Facebook and other areas, um, Facebook, YouTube, and on some of the reviews where the conversation isn't, these guys are a couple hacks. It's more around the, the things that we're addressing are rubbing them wrong. And I, I think where you know you have fire is, is when you have friction. And so when we know uh, we've got that is when we got both sides of the uh, of the aisle starting to argue with us, right? I mean, right now as we're in the middle of this coronavirus, Fox News and CNN are just you know thrilled to death at the uh, viewership, right? Because they can they can uh, play both sides of it, and that's kind of what we're seeing because we're wealth without Wall Street, and so we get a lot of that. Well, you know, my traditional advisor says this, and so that we'll get some of those negative comments and it's never on, you know, Joey's the worst talker or Russ is really bad at words, but it, it's more into the subject matter. And I, I love that friction because that helps me understand that, man, we're, we're hitting the subject that people want to talk about. And I, and I would add to that, Dave, like the reason why I know it's good is not about the downloads. It's about the people joining the community as a result of hearing it. And then them wanting to do business with us because it's creating action. If people are listening to it and they're not taking action, then we would probably have something wrong with our show. And that would be an indicator to me that, well, you know, it's not resonating. We're not hitting people. We're not giving them the content that they're looking for. But for us to have such an increase in our business that we can directly tie specifically to, oh, how did you hear about us through your podcast, through your podcast, through your podcast? That to me is, is just a huge indicator that, that, that we're being successful. Walk me through like maybe the next episode or, or maybe the last one you just did. How do you mix great content serving your audience without it being wealthwithoutwallstreet.com, 30% off, you know, that whole nine yards. How do you guys pick your topics? And because uh, obviously, uh, that's why I asked the question. Obviously, your podcast is good. You're, you're, it's doing exactly what you want it to do. So, how do you guys pick your topics? I would say, just from a technical perspective, I mean, as podcasters, one of the things we're always trying to do is make sure that our podcast is good, right? And it, and it is reaching the people that we want it to reach. And like you said, we don't want it to ever sound like a commercial because that's not the purpose, right? You can't really sell on the air. You're, you're, you're trying to inform and educate and point people in, in the direction uh, that, that you think is a good place to go. So for us, we started out early on not really knowing how to podcast. And we came across uh, Donald Miller's story brand. And he, he has a, a wonderful tool. And I mean, I, I'm not an affiliate or anything. I wish I was. I probably have sold so many of his books and a lot of his stuff because of it. But we started using his uh, story brand kind of framework to build out all of our podcasts. So that was like, okay, here's the audience that we're wanting to talk to today. Here's our guest. The guest is going to be the hero of the show. 
here, here's the friction points that are going to exist that people are dealing with. We're going to ask questions and make sure our guests walk them through the story that, that ends, you know, with them seeing the benefits of what our guest is providing to them. But at the same time, it's seeing the, you know, the opposite side. If, if, you know, for people who are, who are not following this advice, what, what, what does that look like? And by following this process over and over with each guest, and we, we do probably 95% guests, 5% us, it's given us a lot better way to go through it. And like you said, where the whole thing doesn't sound like a commercial, only to the end where it's like there is some call to action. There is this part that we need to know what to do. And at that point, we ask for it. But up until that point, somebody's just watching a movie. And, and they really want to see how the story's going to end. And when they see, man, this ended in success or it avoided failure this way, and, and maybe I fit that, you know, that character profile. Maybe I'm very similar to the hero in this story, and maybe I need this guy's advice. It's helped us make our show much more, I feel like, palatable to most people where they don't feel like it's a commercial. We really feel like Wealth Without Wall Street falls into four steps. So one, taking back control of your finances. That includes cash flow and building an opportunity fund. So we have topics around taxes because that, that affects your cash flow. We have topics around paying down debt because that affects your cash flow. We have how you think about your mortgage. I mean, there's all sort of topics around that. Then we get into opportunity fund. That's where we really are the experts on building this um, high cash value life insurance as a, as a way to save more efficiently. We have tons of topics on that. And then from there, we get into picking a path. So what passive income sources are we going to go into? So there's obviously tons of topics on that. And our, our fourth step is get there faster. So that's just doing it in a community. And that's why we have the community. So that's how we think about what guests we're going to invite on and who we're not and, um, and how we're going to continue to build the story. And I know you've already mentioned that the revenue has gone up. Any, any other stories that you go, boy, that wouldn't happen except for the podcast. That's actually a segment we do here on the show. So do you guys have any other stories that you might want to share on, on a kind of because of my podcast uh, level? I'll just say, number one, we have increased as speakers. So we, we get a lot of speaking opportunities that we wouldn't have otherwise because of the podcast. And I feel like we're also better prepared because we're practicing every single week, as you know. Our clients are better equipped, like we mentioned, and I feel like much more empowered and they're, they're bigger fans in, in that sense. Like they, they have something that they want to, so our referrals have gone through the roof as well. And that didn't happen before because I don't think people had as clear of direction and in a community that they felt safe with that they could, you know, invite people into. So that's huge. Uh, again, our community grew as a result of this. We would never would have started a community to this level if we didn't have the podcast. I mean, I, I feel like we could go on and on. We scaled the business to a point where Russ and I really work less and less. And we're in our specific area of influence and expertise because we now have a team surrounding us that we didn't have before. I mean, I don't know, Russ, what would you add to that? Yeah, I love what toward the end is that one of our biggest goals was we want to be practitioners or practitioners of what's, what we're preaching and we're constantly preaching passivity 
more from an investment standpoint, but we always tell people the best investments they make is in themselves. And for us, podcasting gave us an outlet to where we could reach a large enough audience and create a high enough demand for our services that Joey and I could literally hire a team of people and advisors who are doing the daily activities that he and I used to do that we really couldn't get to a point where it made financial sense for us to to do that before. The one thing I would add to what you didn't mention is the network. The amount of people Mm -hmm. that we've been able to spend time with on, on the podcast and because of the podcast has given us some really interesting opportunities. I mean, you know, we, we've met uh, a guy who created music for Apple's, you know, when, whenever for their photo gallery. We've got to talk to, you know, J.J. Peterson, uh, the co-host on Donna Miller podcast show, which has helped us, again, I mentioned that earlier in our podcast and everything that we do, just that connection. One of our guests that was on the show, we were out in San Antonio at an event. And the reason we were at the event is because we had interviewed a guest uh, on the podcast and his podcast went over so well with our audience that we had so many people um, going to him. He was like, man, I really need to get you guys to come out to this event. You know, I want to have you guys talk. Well, we went out to that event, but there was another guest that we had met up with that we had talked to before that said, hey, I want to have you out on our ranch and uh, just show you around. And I just feel like the network, the bonds that we've been able to build with people that have put us in a circle that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to be in or even known about has been a huge, not only just for relationship building, but for business building. Anything looking back that you guys might've tried that didn't work? I could say that we did not do anything right to begin with. Okay. Because I mean, I mean, if you think about it, we had no proper perspective of even what we were doing. We literally thought it was like, having like a phone call with our clients every week, it was like, like some sort of a service that would help us just kind of do this all at once. It was like an efficiency thing. Right. But if I had understood what the power of podcasting could do, we would have had the same content because we knew our audience. That was a huge benefit. I think now looking back, but I would have, created a storyline better early on. You'll listen to our podcast and you'll be like, okay, yeah, I get it. These guys were rough off the, off the start, but if we would have had a better storyline, we would have had a better, we would have had more call to action early on to give people some actionable things to do. But at the same time, I think it's really allowed us to be authentic in our approach because we were so naive. And if you ever listen to us for longer than five minutes, you realize that, we try to surround ourselves with really smart people because we need it. Uh, we need all the help we can get, especially Russ. <laughs> nice. Uh, I appreciate that, Joey. We didn't know that there was people listening that could potentially be new customers. We just thought of it as our existing customers, as Joey said. And so we didn't have those call to action. We had no way for people to raise their hand and, and reach out to us. We didn't market. I mean, we, we really, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't even post it on Facebook. I mean, so really, uh, it's funny that the fact that it was growing was nothing more than God's grace and blessing upon us because we were doing no marketing at all. We, we had nothing uh, social uh, about it. And also we were doing it with just the worst technology. We were 
we were, we were sitting in this huge glass room, uh, three of us initially using one, uh, one of those blue Yeti mics. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and then we, we, we thought we were smarter and we, we bought three blue Yeti mics and we got as far away from each other as we could in the room. And I mean, we, we made all the, the technical errors. We, we used software that we didn't know how to use. And so half the time we would record and it would um, just go into virtual uh, la-la land. We couldn't find it. We'd have to re-record. <laughs> we weren't using headphones um, on some of our podcasts, so we couldn't tell how loud we were or if there was some sort of echo or ticking noise from our, our guests that that, that needed to be picked up and and, uh, and shut off. So we, we made all the technical thing errors for sure. There you go. You checked them all. That was great. As we wrap up here, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your podcast and what people can expect? Uh, obviously, it's at uh, wealthwithoutwallstreet.com. So what can people expect when they go on over there? Because at this point, they're like, wait a minute. These guys are just knocking it out of the park. Like, what the <laughs> heck are they talking about? So what can they expect when they go over there? Well, if you should. Our, our show, you're going to hear Joey and I typically uh, talking a little bit about what's going on in our life. And then us interviewing, as Joey said, somebody in an area typically surrounding the passive income stream. So we, we follow the approach that financial freedom is when you get to more passive income, that's money coming in that you're not going to your nine to five to go actively work for, then you have monthly expenses. So we we typically look at our, our podcast as trying to uh, work on one side of that formula, whether it's creating passive income streams or it's a way to uh, be more efficient in our expenses. And when you hear our guests, they're going to give you really tangible, actionable ideas that you can apply. And we're always trying to invite people, as Joey said, into our community because that's the place where people are really actively doing this and are asking questions of each other. And that's the way that we've been able to take our podcast, which is us talking to a guest and everybody else listening to where our audience can actually interact with us and our guests. So one of the things we didn't mention is that we do uh, have all our guests after their their episode airs come in and do a live Q&A for our community and become a community member. And through that network that we're using it allows for private messaging as well as just open feed messaging. And so it gives people really more of a hands-on access to the people that they're getting to hear. So that's, if you're interested in growing passive income, you're interested in finding a way out of the Wall Street rat race, um, and you need a little Southern humor with uh, naivety and jokes pointed at one another, um, <laughs> our show's a good one for you to listen to. And Dave, I don't know if it would be uh, valuable or not, but we'd love to have a way for your audience to gain access to the community. And I uh, wonder if I could just put out there like a, a specific link for them to sure. join. Just go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash SOP. Keep it really simple because that's what you're used to hearing yeah. on this great show. So just wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash SOP. You will get in for free. Again, there's tons of great content in there for you to um, be listening to at any time, watching, interacting with people, as Russ just mentioned. And uh, we'd love to just add value to your audience in that way. And there he is. Wealthwithoutwallstreet.com slash SOP will get you into 
their community. So I love the fact they're like, look, we didn't know what we were starting. We, they had not one, not two, but three blue Yetis. All right, the Blue Yeti isn't that bad. You just have to know how to use it, but it's not my first choice of a microphone. But uh, they knew, and I've noticed this is something I'm noticing. The better you understand your audience, the better your podcast. And I know that sounds kind of like a duh kind of thing, but it is the truth. The people that are really just nailing it with a podcast have a clear understanding of who their audience is and what they want or what entertains them. One of those two. And they got that through their community. Did you notice the one thing or one thing I never heard anybody else do? They have their guests do an open Q and a with their community. I was like, that's new. And what a cool way to number one, get the, the exact answers that your audience needs by getting the guest in front of them. And then also building that relationship with your guest. Why? Because you just gave them direct content to your audience. So you got to make sure that they're a good fit. I thought that was really interesting. And I was, uh, I'm listening to a book on content marketing and I've said this a little bit before, but I'm going to start adding it to my, my repertoire of things that I'm like, that's a good idea. It's one thing to decide what you're going to talk about. I think another thing you should be doing is thinking about what you're not going to be talking about. And so these guys started a podcast, weren't sure where they were going. Holy cow, people are listening to us. Why? Because they're talking all the time. They're like, yeah, not like the guys on Wall Street. Not like the guy. They're doing something different. And they got people to listen. Then what did they do? We got to find a way for our community to talk to each other and get us in the middle of that so we can figure out what more to talk about? And then they did. And then they're like, holy cow, how can we make it so that we can do business online? It's great. I, I love their story. Really nice guys. I love the fact that they went through all this extra effort. And it's also making me really appreciate Squadcast. Wow. Do you know where your ex-boyfriend worked, Mr. Sutton? Uh, yeah, NPR. He, he had a podcast. It was about... um. I don't, I'm not 100% sure what it was about, but it, 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 jazz and economics. Okay, nobody listened to that podcast, not even me, and I went to Harvard. Have you got your reply in for the question of the month? The due date is right around the corner, April 24th. What is the question of the month? Well, the last episode of the month, I try to incorporate you right here into the podcast to give you a little exposure. And if you don't have a podcast, then this one you got to kind of sit out. What is the question for April? It is simply, and I'm leaving this very open-ended, what do you use to create your podcast? I mean, this could be hardware, software, business tracking, organizational. It could be the sock on the door that you use to keep the kids out. Whatever you're doing, what do you use to create your podcast? Because my guess is, we're going to discover some things that we didn't know existed because so-and-so is you. Oh, wow. You use that. I didn't use that. And we're going to do that. So it's, I need it by April 24th. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. And you'll see, you can click and record the answer right there. There's a spot where you can upload something that you've pre-recorded. And here's the fun part. Be sure to mention the name of your podcast and the website slowly. 
I love when people go, oh yeah, my website is like, thank you. And the website is if you're looking to start a podcast, I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code listener, and that will save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And if you're on the fence, don't take my word for it. Listen to Shane. Hi, Dave. This is Shane Whaley from Tourpreneur, Spybrary, and Radio GDR. That's right. Three podcasts. And that's what happens when you listen to Dave Jackson. He gives you the belief that you can have more than one podcast. Today, I wanted to leave you a message. This is well overdue, by the way. I wanted to share uh, my thanks to you for your School of Podcasting course. Now, I love your weekly show, School of Podcasting. Love Ask the Podcast Coach. Love what you and Jim Collison do, which is why I'm an awesome supporter. I do that for the value you give us every week. But I wanted to take a moment to thank you for the School of Podcasting course because the cool thing about what you've done there is I had to launch two podcasts. One was a hobby cast. Fine. If it goes wrong, fine. The other one, Tourpreneur, which is all about the tour business. I needed it. It's, it's something I'm trying to make a business out of, and I needed it to be professional looking, sounding, and available where you can find all good podcasts. What I love about the School of Podcasting course, you have all the modules clearly labeled. I was able to get in what I needed and actually implement it. And in record time, got these shows out there because most of us know that if we don't have guidance from people like you, Dave, getting podcasts launched can be a bit of a nightmare, right? You end up kicking the cat, the dog, getting gray hair, losing hair, uh, smashing the guitar, maybe. I don't know, but it can be a really frustrating experience. So love that you have everything in one place, clearly labeled. And you have a gift, sir. And I think all your listeners will agree you can take quite technical subjects and break them down for laymen like me to understand. Um, so I, I could wax lyrical about this for a long time, but I, I really wanted to you know, give you my thanks publicly and also to assure anybody out there who is on the fence either about starting a podcast and they're overwhelmed or they've been you know, using all the free YouTube out-of-date clips and even more frustrated – just bite the bullet. Just sign up to Dave's course because it's all there. He really does flatten the learning curve and you'll have your podcast up and running in no time. And also I have to say, because I don't think you talk about this enough, Dave, you know, your office hours, you give coaching outside of the course. You've also been really cool to me, available on email for a couple of snags I had mainly with my sound quality and using the Mix Pre 6 etc. So, you know, it's not just the course, it's the support that comes with it. Guys, Dave has not paid me for this testimonial. This comes from the heart, Dave. You've been a huge help to me in what I'm trying to achieve with my podcasting. Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Such a great guy. And uh, I tell you what, it just crushed me. I can only imagine what it did to him. He was really making some great strides with the Torpreneur podcast. And as you might imagine, with the whole pandemic here and nobody going anywhere, it's kind of hard to do a tourpreneur show. But uh, if anybody could pull it off, Shane can. And again, if you want to sign up, start your podcast and do it in the right way. Avoid those headaches. You know, you're not going to be buying three blue Yetis. You're going to know the right equipment to buy. I would love to work with you. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER. Coming up in the future, we've got a LinkedIn guru, Karen Markovich, will be on the show. We've got the guy from Potit. So if you're looking for more guests for your shows, as well as some insights into a new tool I just found, if you're watching my YouTube channel, 
schoolofpodcasting.com slash DaveTube. That's right. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash DaveTube. I've been putting out more videos over there and uh, as well as the newsletter. And I think I've given you about 27 calls to action at this point. And this would uh, get one of these if I was on the podcast review show. So thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Actually, I take that back. They're, they all have their own. My, I saw a bunch of blue Yetis, and I was like, oh, no. But they actually all have their own blue Yetis. And the blue Yeti's not a bad microphone, just not my first choice. But the fun thing was I said, okay, we're already off topic. And so you will hear, because he was, I think we were using Zoom, I think, at the time, because that's what would work with, he was on his phone. I was something going on. And I'm doing a behind-the-scenes crap. No! Nobody cares about that. Today on episode number 720 of the School of Podcasting, if you've ever thought of... Today on episode number 720 of the School of Podcasting, if you've ever thought of starting a podcast for your business, how'd you like to triple your revenue? And we've got a big announcement about... Announcements? No, it's just one. Just one announcement. My, okay. Do you ever do that? Uh, if you shake your head real fast and just go, ah, you make that sound from Bugs Bunny. It's great. It's fun. It does give you a headache, though. So don't do that.